And this is my show. And with the Q on Ones, what I like to do is interview people. Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Um, So it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show and please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know, so the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. My guest is an accomplished author including being part of a collection of erotic fiction curated by the legendary author Zane. Originally from the Show Me State of Missouri, but now residing in the Grand Canyon State of Arizona, please welcome Miss Tracy Hanna to the Talk to Q Radio show. Tracy, how are you doing today? Wonderful, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking the time, and I think you're my third guest from Arizona in the last month. So who knew that my show would have a pipeline to Arizona? So, oh, wow. New York to Arizona. <laughs> I know, right? So what events in your life led to you being a writer? Um, I was a loner as a child. Uh, I made up stories, and I think it was fourth grade where I actually wrote down the first one. And the assi- it was an assignment from our teacher... Mrs. Dubois, we had to create the animal, take two different animals and put them together and create an animal and create a life for this animal. And my story was so good. It was actually displayed outside of class for everyone to read. All right. And that's what started it all, huh? So were you an avid reader of all books or did you gravitate towards erotic fiction more? I was actually a love-swept and harlequin romance reader. I had a subscription uh, since I was 18 years old, and I read everything, like anything from Catcher on the Rye to um, an autobiography. You know, like I wasn't, I didn't discriminate. I, I, I loved to read. Um, but romance, um, I have a very romantic heart. Erotica, how that got started is a whole different story. <laughs> Uh-oh, now I, I kind of want to hear that story. Well, it's not a happy story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A lot of people think I'm going to say something ridiculously sexy, but it's actually ridiculously sad. Um I was hit by a drunk driver, and I couldn't walk for eight months. Oh, my goodness. I was stuck in bed with a twisted pelvis, couldn't make love to my husband. Um, My arm was actually surgically reattached. So I was trying to uh, get my dexterity back. I'm just typing up little stories, and it just started off as little short stories, imagination, Missed my husband a lot. 
Um, and I just had all these little fantasy stories on my laptop. And the guy that my sister was dating at the time asked that he borrow my laptop um, to check his email. And, of course, he got to snooping. And he was like, oh, my God, your stories are so good. But it sounds like you're talking about the same person. You got to add variety. <laughs> oh, he's a critic. So believe it or not, yeah, believe it or not, if you read between the lines um, of my earlier stories, you can tell by the passion it's the same person. I just changed the description over and over again. Change the name, change the description, but never the level of passion. So, yeah. Okay. I wrote about what I meant. And I had a wildly sexy marriage. <laughs> so, <laughs> I understand. I'm it was very I'm sorry. sexy. I'm sorry. That's what, um, I guess, where everything started. But I guess the upside is that um, it allowed you to pursue your current career as being a talented writer. And what was the first thing you ever got published? Um, the book is called A Little Bit of Sinning. And it was actually about the demise of said marriage. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. It was juicy. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of people, you know, you can see it on the, the divorce court and read it in different magazines. It doesn't matter from the rich to the poor, from the famous to the infamous, you know, people have nasty breakups. And I really, I had a vicious breakup. It wasn't violent, uh, physically, you know, like there were no blasting of the tires. It was psychological warfare. So if you read the book, like, you never know who's going to win. You never know where the next uh, coup de grace is coming from. Um, it's called A Little Bit of Sinning because they both lost their ever-loving mind trying to outdo each other in a game of pure debauchery. That sounds pretty interesting. It is. It's like when one person cheated, instead of the other person getting angry, they just dealt themselves into the game. Like, oh, oh, honey, you didn't cheat. We just have an open marriage now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> All right, so you write erotic fiction, um, which is descriptive and extremely sensual. Does one just sit down and start writing that type of literature, or do you have to be in a certain mood to write erotica? I'm always in a certain mood, so I am one hiccup away from orgasm at any moment of my life. <laughs> it's been that way since I was a little girl, <laughs> and at first I didn't know what it was, just this nervous energy, you know, and they would call me a nervous child, nervous, nervous energy. And then I married. Well, I met my first husband. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's always been that way. It's, it's just the right person can walk into the room and not touch me. 
and my cup runneth over. <laughs> wow, there's that vivid description right there. See, I can tell you're a writer. It shows. It shows. <laughs> My name is Tracy Hanna. I'm an author. I'm also a publisher at BT Books, and I'm a podcaster at Cupid Foreplay. You can find my books everywhere books are sold, and my website is MissTracy.com, M-I-S-S-T-R-A-C-E-E.com, CupidForeplay.com, and TracyAHanna.com, T-R-A-C-E-E-H-A-N-N-A.com. Let's get back to the podcast, Q. You wrote a book that was included in an anthology um, for Zane, and just about everyone who has read any type of erotic fiction knows about Zane. That's as big as it gets. You're one of the few gifted authors that was selected for her anthology, um, Caramel Flavor. Uh, well, I guess depending on where you're from, Caramel Caramel. Caramel Flavor. And your mm-hmm. story was also called, um, the story in the book was called The Masquerade Party. What was The Masquerade Party about, yes. and how did it come to be included in Zane's anthology? Well, this is a funny story. So I had, and it, it, it's a good story. Um, I had a really, really good friend, and I'm using the word friend very loosely. Um, really, really good. I'm not using that part loosely. <laughs> so <laughs> he was uh, really smart air traffic control stationed in Germany. And they called him up to war back then. So this is 2003. All of a sudden, um, 2004, all of a sudden, this guy goes from his nice cushy job holding a gun for the first time in his life. So uh, we would email back and forth and this went on for a while and he would ask me, you know, Tracy, write me something sexy. So that's what I did and it kept him going, you know. Uh, we're still friends to this year, this you know, like this day. Uh, he actually lives like a mile and a half away from me now. So, and that was, whew, 17 years ago? Mm. So, uh, the masquerade party, it's about a nurse. Uh, no, a lady who dresses up as a sexy nurse. She goes to uh, a party, and it's by invitation only. And she does not know the host. She does not know the people who are there. Um, it's supposed to be a night of decadence, you know, uh, where you have your anonymity. Unfortunately for her, there's more than one guest who knows exactly who she is. <laughs> and uh, everything was orchestrated by the host who was madly in love with her. So he wanted to see... Um, what her preference was because they had a relationship that didn't work out and he just wanted to see who she gravitated toward when everybody was masked, either him or of course his rival. So she chose both. (laughs) (laughs) Just at different times during the night. 
All right. Um, yeah, that's that's the masquerade party. It's just it's fun. You know, like if um human emotion wasn't involved where people got possessive and angry, you know, over a little bit of sex. How much fun could we possibly have and still live your regular life? Well, it makes a lot of sense. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. s- and so how did Zane come across this? How did this get included in the anthology? Well, um... You know, in life, we all have haters, yeah? (laughs) I had this lady, (laughs) I had this lady tell me that my stories were cute, but, and I quote, I wasn't shit unless I had something published with Zane. And this is back in 2005, I believe. And I'm like, who is she? So I look up Zane. I read some things, and I'm like, I see that. I sent in <laughs> the first story I ever wrote for my friend that was overseas. And I told him, I'm like, hey, I sent this in. You're the inspiration. You know you are. And she bought it. And not only did she buy that one, the very next year, she bought chocolate cream for a honey flavor. So I have two with Zane, not just one. Well, I guess you showed that hater. (laughs) (laughs) And the New York Times recognized Caramel Flavor, which is an amazing accomplishment, especially for that to be the first one you wrote. And then, like you said, your chocolate cream was in the Honey Flavor anthology, also edited by Zane. And Mm -hmm. how do you come up with the titles of your books? I mean, you got Ultimate Freak Fest Fantasy, Footprints on the Headboard. (laughs) Very, you know, eye-catching titles. Pleasure and Savagery, which is the, uh, the, the uh, Pleasure and Savagery is the one that I'm working on right now that I'm actually writing and publishing via my, uh, my podcast. So I'm actually publishing it as I write it. It's the new episode written every week. The titles just come to me. And I am so sorry. There is no formula. It just it just kind of like, it just, it, they present themselves like, hi, this is who I am. Now write my story. All right. A little bit of sinning. When I started writing it, like, this title was there, I think, around the first two, three chapters. So I just inserted it. Pleasure and Savagery, the same thing. The Ultimate Princess Fantasy was actually my friend's title, the one that was stationed over in Afghanistan. So he asked me, he goes, Tracy, if God wasn't looking, and if you could do whatever you wanted, what would you do? And instead of writing a paragraph or two, it it was a whole book. Mm-mm. <laughs> yes, we still laugh about that to this day. He goes, you know, I expected one of your little one or two page short stories, but 
Well, damn. (laughs) (laughs) All that, would (laughs) you? So that one was actually a question that was asked. Okay. Well, we'll get ready to wrap things up, but I have a couple of more questions. You do more than write erotic fiction. Um, Can you tell us about the Haters Exposé series? Yes. The Haters Exposé series I wrote um, out of knowledge and heartbreak, personal experience, and also the experience of others. I've noticed that no matter what your race, the more you start to live your dreams, from the time where you voice your dream for the very first time to the time where you succeed or fall flat on your face, it doesn't matter. People are against you. Like whatever happened to them and their personal experience is a reason for you to give up before you ever start trying. And if by chance you try and succeed, all of a sudden you're a sellout. All of a sudden, um, if you're not a sellout, uh, you're the person that they get to use for everything that they need. You know, oh, I was there for you when I didn't have any, when you didn't have anything at all. I was your only cheerleader. So you need to pay me a portion of your income and we have a, nonverbal perpetuity agreement. And when you don't want to, you know, like come out of your pocket and give somebody a portion of what you earn, you end up alone. You know, they hate you for succeeding. They hate you for trying in the first place. They hate you for even just voicing your dreams. Like who are you to want a better life than what they have? So the hater expose series. It's actually a series. The first one is Guide to Recognizing Haters, and I break it down in categories. Um, mm-hmm. The user, the saboteur, the naysayer, because have you ever noticed, like, you're trying to accomplish something and everything's going really well until you tell this one particular person or this <laughs> one particular group of people, and then all of a sudden things start going wrong, right? Right. That's your saboteur. They want you to have a good life, just not better than theirs. And then there's the naysayer. Hey, I want to be the first black person to go to college in our family. Well, your daddy worked in the steel mill. Your uncle worked in the steel mill. You need to work in the steel mill, too. You know, all of a sudden you're uppity Negro just because you want an education. So I wrote that. And then there's the relationship one where people will use your love against you. And that's the one that I'm working on, and it's so hard. But God made it easier because everything that I'm writing has happened already in some form or fashion in a relationship in the Bible. Look at King David. He went to war for King Saul. He battled it out. And all Saul wanted to do was kill him because he stole his glory instead of celebrating him for saving their whole entire people. How many people do we know in our lives, as soon as you come in, oh, here come the life of the party. They just think they did. I'm like, if you know what I'm thinking, then we need to never speak ever again in life because I don't care what you're thinking. 
So I think when people can recognize this is not normal conversation, these things really are hateful things people are saying to you and doing to you, and you need to love the people you love from the safest distance possible, which is book two in the Hater series, then you won't have so many volatile relationships. You won't have so many people running back to the people to hurt them again. Like, there's certain things I don't tell certain people, ever. Tracy, how you doing? I'm okay. Other people? Oh, my God, the blog's got 2,000 listeners now. I'm so excited. (laughs) Not everything is meant for everybody. Some people will celebrate with you. Other people will actually pray against you. You just got to take your time and relax and realize who is who. You're right about that. And so I think that is great that you have um, that series for people to read and kind of expand their their minds on um, what's going on around them, raise their awareness, so to speak. And you also have a podcast. So you're, you do more than write. You also have a podcast called Cupid's Foreplay. Can you tell my listeners what they can expect if they listen yes. to Cupid's Foreplay? Well, um, this year, nobody's been able to go on book tour because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I decided to... I started off with my first published short story, The Masquerade Party, and uh, I split it in half, and I just went ahead and posted it on the podcast. And then I, it, just for the introductory phase of podcasting, you know, like this is who I am and this is what level I write at. That went well. So I started writing the book, Pleasure and Savagery. And Pleasure and Savagery is about a woman who basically gets dumped right in the middle of making love to her living boyfriend who she thought, thought, making love to her proposed marriage. Instead, he proposed, you know, they go their separate ways. What? <laughs> yes. Pleasure and savagery. And you'll find little plot twists like that all throughout. She's having a quasi-sexual awakening where he thought he was crushing her. Um, he actually opened her eyes. So she has absolutely no sexual shame anymore. The worst thing that could possibly happen to her during sex happens. So she, she has no body image issues. She's able to relax and enjoy whomever she's with. So with that level of comfort, she becomes multi-orgasmic because there's nothing she holds back. And she runs into um, her college best friend. And they pick up where they left off years ago. The difference is he's trying to guide her so that she doesn't lose control and get lost in the world of BDSM with the swinging and everything like that. He wants her, you know, to actually have a relationship with him, but he hasn't said so yet. He's trying to get her to just calm down and not have sex with everybody. (laughs) (laughs) because orgasm is new to her brand new all right well that sounds like a very interesting story and so i i would definitely have to 
put the link to Cupid's foreplay on my website, along with the links to the Haters Expose series and your books um, on the TalkToQ.com show page so that they can have easy access to find your material. But I really appreciate you taking the time to join this Q on One podcast. Let me give you an impl- round of applause here. It's been a very interesting discussion. And for my listeners out there, you know, she said earlier that she was a hiccup away from an orgasm. So if you ever are fortunate enough to meet her and you see her drinking water really fast, you know what she's up to. (laughs) That's a good one. But I really appreciate you taking the time to join the show. It's been a lot of fun speaking with you. Likewise. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.